Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Lawless, Chapter 9. The lights were all on in the ranch house when they drove up and Maudie came out on the porch to meet them. It's your night off, Christy explained. Maudie looked for Yes, it was, but you weren't here and the phone wasn't working. When John couldn't get in touch with you, he called me and asked if I'd run over and check on you. I only just got here. She wondered vaguely why the phone wasn't working. Cash took me to the ballet in Houston to celebrate. Break my twenty-first birthday. Casey went clinging to his arm with a grin. We had champagne and supper at a four-star restaurant. I had a beef Wellington, Molly. Molly choked. Well, well, that was nice of you, Mr. Grier. Nice is my middle name, asked Chrissy. He added, teasing. Molly's mom. I'll just check the phone again before I go back to my sister's. Chrissy, you can leave the porch light on for me when you come in, she added with a vigor grin. No rush. Chrissy's heart lifted. At least Judd was worried for her, even if he hadn't been worried enough to come himself. How could he disappoint Tippy after all? She thought irritably and left a gorgeous model standing so that he could rush down to Jacobsville to see about his soon-to-be ex-wife. Don't brood. Grab trying tapping her on the cheek with a finger forefinger. You know he cares about you. If he didn't, he wouldn't even have bothered to call. It's habit. He'll get over it very soon when we're annulled. She sighed and looked up a man with a speculative smile. I'll be a free woman in no time. Gonna kiss me goodnight. He pursed his firm lips. I've been thinking about that. I'm not sure if it would be a good idea. I mean, what if I turn out to be addicted? <laughs> Her eyes shone like rain wet. Chris nuts in a radiant face. I love taking chances. Come on. Be daring. He knew about almost certainly that Judd had kissed her, but unless it was the alcohol talking, she seemed to think of kissing as a game. He looked at her mouth and weighed the advantages and disadvantages, but the fact that she was still married to Judd made him hesitate. He drew her to him gently and bent down and touched his hard mouth to hers without passion. His heart raced. She tasted like heady wine, but he could feel her lack of response for her. Sparks didn't fly. There was no music. He felt vaguely disappointed as he lifted his head. It's all the reality of her response and her smile. She wasn't even shaking. Thanks for making my birthday special, Cash. She said softly. You cry for me. What are friends for? He teased. Sleep well. If you need me, you know how to call me, right? Right. <laughs> he searched her eyes and smiled. I had a good time. I'm glad you did. Good night. Good night. She stood on the porch and watched him drive away. Before she went inside and locked the door and turned out the porch light. Molly came into the dining room, sober and quiet. Should have should have taken you out on your on such a special occasion. Your twenty first birthday. Jet didn't even phone to wish me happy birthday, Molly. Chrissy told her bluntly. He didn't remember that it was your birthday. I didn't have to ha to remind him when he called me. He was very upset when he couldn't reach you on your cell phone. I called and told him you were okay a few minutes ago. She's mom. He wasn't pleased to hear you'd been out with Grier again. She had a sarcastic, satisfied look. Like I care. At least I had somebody to celebrate my birthday with, she replied, her eyes clouded with anger. Like my dress, she indicated it. I bought it somewhere to go out with Judd tonight. My poor baby. Maudie stared at her with compassion. Shirtsy's chin lifted up. I'm no baby. Not now. I'm a grown woman. And I'm going to start acting like it. No more mooning over a man who'll never want me. Especially when there, there's one who does. <laughs> Maudie didn't comment. She only smiled sadly. The next morning, Christina Bell was feeling a foul in the barn. Feeding a fowl in the barn when she heard a vehicle pull up outside in the dirt road. She glanced toward the entrance when a door slammed. Just in time to see Judd coming toward her. Her heart jumped into her chest and started racing. He was so good look so good to look at. She couldn't remember a time in years. 
When that long-legged, easy stride of his hadn't triggered excitement, he was wearing his Ranger uniform, including the star and the forty-five automatic in his hand-tooled hand -told holster. Top his dark hair, the creamy stepson was tilted at a rakish angle across his black eyes. All that was immediate visible of his lean face was his straight nose and his thin mouth and square jaw. She was immediately aware that she was wearing ripped jeans, monkey boots, and a faded green checkered blouse with a button missing. Her hair was part in and part out of her neat braid, and she didn't even have lipstick on. Trust she had to show up the minute she looked her frumpiest, even if she shouldn't care. The hurt was still fresh that he'd forgotten her birthday and instead had gone on a date with another woman. Her face closed up when he was near enough to see it. She turned her attention back to the fowl. Out chasing crooks, Mr. Texas Ranger, she asked. Shoved his hat back on his head, his black eyes glittering down at her. What's this about you going to Houston with Grier? She lifted both eyebrows and stared at him as if he'd gone crazy. I've been going places with cash for weeks, didn't you notice? Just around town, not on elegant dates to Houston, he said flatly. He hesitated, uncertain of his ground. Marty told me about the bad the ballet, he said flatly. His thin lips made a flat line across his stomach. Then Grier mentioned it to me when I stopped by his office this morning. I like him, she said, dark eyes flashing. It was a declaration of war, and he took it like one. Grier's 38, he pointed out. He's a mysterious past. He's too worldly for a sprout like you. I said, I like him, she repeated calmly. She finished giving the bottle to the fowl, patted him, and went out into the aisle, closing the gate behind her. You heard me. She didn't look up at him. It would have been fatal, and she had to keep her resolve. You spent five years taking care of me. I appreciate all you've done for me. I know it was a sacrifice in a lot of ways. She continued as she cleared the bo cleaned the bottle at the rusty sink and put it on the shelf. But I'm almost through school, and even you have to admit that I know what I'm doing around here. I can keep books as well as you can. I can buy and sell stock. I can hire men. She turned and forced her eyes up. It was an effort. It's time I took on full responsibility for my half of the outfit. I have to start standing on my own two feet. And you have to let me. When you're 21, he began doggingly. She took off the signet ring he put on her finger five years before, caught his big lean hand in hers, took the ring into his palm, closing his fingers around it. I won't need this anymore. I turned 21 yesterday, she said with, a much dick, with as much dignity as she could muster. His expression was priceless. What? I was 21 yesterday, she repeated, her eyes flashing fire. While you were showing off Miss Supermodel at your party in Victoria, I was being wined and dined by the man who's too worldly for me. He bought me a beautiful supper with champagne to toast my coming of age, took me to see the fireball in Houston. His face was like stone. He went, Christina Bell, <laughs> I'm sorry. She shrugged and averted her eyes, pretending that her heart wasn't ringing. Don't sweat it. I had a wonderful birthday, but you can go ahead and get the annulment any time you please. Just don't expect me to send home and wait for it. Her eyes flashed up to his. If you can date while we're still married, then there's no reason at all that I can't. She started out the door of the barn, blonde hair straggling, back arrow straight. She had watched with regret eating him alive. How could he have forgotten such an important date in their lives? He looked down at the signet ring that she'd worn so faithfully for the past five years, and he felt 
guilty. He always taken her someplace on her birthday, giving her little presents. Remember that ring that Tippy had talked him into buying her, and he felt sick. At least Christabel didn't know about that. He consoled himself. He slid the signet ring back in onto his little finger and stared at it blankly. She said that he could go ahead and get the annulment any time he liked. Was it because her relationship with Crash Guy was heating up? His eyes narrowed angrily. Well, she could wait for that annulment until he was ready, and he wasn't. Not yet. The guys in Victoria knew he was acquainted with Tippy Moore, and they asked him as a special favor to bring her to the retirement party. He'd done it without thinking. Tippy liked him and hung on him all the time. He was flattered that a woman was beautiful and that famous found him attractive. But there was a curious thing about her. She touched him from time to time, but she didn't like being touched. She was ice cold to men who flirted with her, men who showed their enthusiasm for her face and figure. She adored lawmen and always made time to speak to him. Whenever the reason, Judd had noticed that she was actually uncomfortable around other men. She kept close to him when they were together for any length of time, like on location in town, especially when the assistant director Gary Mays came close to her. She was a puzzle, found her pleasant company, and she stroked his ego, but he hadn't considered out. Looked at Christina Bell, who was legally his wife, whether or not anyone knew, but taking to be around with him, he was encouraged. He was encouraging Christina Bell to do the same with Grier. He opened a door that he could no longer close, and it made him uneasy. He hated the thought of Christina Bell with Cash Grier, whose past was, at best, ten degrees of nor off normal. The man was dangerous, lawmen or not, and just by being with him, Christina Bell was taking chances. He had enemies. On the other hand, she was in danger herself. Grier read him the riot act this very morning about leaving Christina Bell alone at the ranch after her confrontation with Jack Clark and the threats he'd made. He'd been naturally negligent on all counts, even by buying Tippy that expensive ring that he couldn't really afford. She was just a rich man giving her anything she admired. He wasn't one. He looked at the signet ring with sad eyes. He hurt Christina Bell. He spent the whole other marriage life looking out for him and taking care of ranch business when he couldn't. He repaid that loyalty by making her feel insecure and valueless. Now she wanted an annulment when he was just beginning to feel. He clapped down hard on the thought. There was no future for him with her. He had to think ahead to an annulment. Immediately after came the thought of that cash dry was trying to settle down and that he was very interested in Christina Bell. If he was thinking in terms of marriage, he could think again. That annulment could wait. It could wait a long time. Tippy Moore came back to work the next morning, and her first words to Christy were about the great time she had with John Victoria at the party. I'm so glad. Chris returned easily and with a big smile. Because I went to the ballet in Houston with Cash. We had dinner and champagne at a five-star restaurant. It was a night to remember. Tippy's triumph fell flat. That was her sort of routine and evening. She hadn't known that Cash Cryer was so cultured or that he had the kind of money that could afford such an expensive outing. Apparently, the little country girl there didn't realize how expensive it was either. Judd's idea of gourmet cuisine was a fast food hamburger and fries. She was very fond of him, of course, and his job made him a rarity, a collectible in her world, but she learned quickly that he wasn't wealthy. Well, it wasn't his money or lack of it that impressed her, she told herself. It was his profession. She felt so safe with him. She he was safe with him, safe from other men, men like Cash Grier, who was a real threat. I didn't realize a hick police officer would know what a ballet was, Tippy muttered. Cash has an interesting background, Chrissy said. He was a Texas Ranger, too, and he worked for the government. Tippy looked uncomfortable. Does he know which fork to use? She asked sarcastically. He taught me, Chrissy said, a lot. It was a nice celebration for my 21st birthday. 
She added deliberately and coldly. Chrissy felt better, even if Judd's rejection did still hurt. Tippy averted her eyes. She hadn't known that. She felt guilty. God knew why. Certainly the other woman had a crush on Judd and would have wanted to be with him on her most special birthday. But it was no concern of her. She turned slowly and went back to the work. The annual cattleman's ball was held the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and Cash had already invited Christina to go with him. She was delighted not to have to stay home. That night, too, while Judd showed off his fancy model at the ball, she knew Judd wouldn't take her. They were hardly speaking at all now, to Maddie's dismay. Grier, with his hair down below his collar, dark and faintly waving, freshly shaven and wearing a suit, was striking. Christina Bell was proud to be seen with them. At least she thought miserably. She still had her pretty blue dress to wear, and nobody in Jacobsville had seen it. She didn't feel as downy and old out of fashion as she had only the year before. Judd didn't even look her way. He came in late with the redhead, just in time to watch Christina Bell and Grier on the dance floor. Good thing most people didn't know she and Judd were so married. Christina Bell thought, because he would have raced eyebrows everywhere with Tippy Moore on his arm, even if they hadn't been. She kept her eyes on Dyer and smiled as he ha she hadn't a care in the world. Cocked an eyebrow after the band wound down, the slow melody they'd been playing, and after Matt Caldwell had whispered conferences with the band leader, the band broke into a Latin number. Are you game? Kyra asked her. Her eyes went, you bet. She laughed, remembering the fun they had during that Doing it at Chase, he chuckled ass. He drew her onto the dance floor, where Matt and his wife were the only occupants so far. Okay, he were making the marking them. Let's show them how. He turned her into the rhythm, and the rest was magic. Even Matt Caldwell raised his eyeballs as the couple flew across the floor to the throbbing drums in quick melody. Christina Bell was laughing with pure joy. She never had a partner who could do these dances until Cash came along. She wished and wished that Judd would take her to a dance any dance, just once, and let her show off. Well, she was now, even if it wasn't with him, she was having the time of her life. Her breaking heart succumbed to the delicious rhythm of Latin musical fire. By the time they wound down, she could hardly breathe. She sagged against Grier, who wasn't even breathing hard, and laughed delightedly to the cheers and applause of the other guests, including the Caldwells. Remind me to take up the Houston to a Latin dance club, I know. Grier told her as he escorted her off the floor. We'll shame them out the door. <laughs> she came up and, You're great, she exclaimed. Take a good, it takes a good partner. He applied with a shrug, but his eyes twinkled. Judd Dunn was glared at the two of them for all he was worth. Beside him, Tippy was glared too. She likes to show off, doesn't she? She said catingly. I guess he does too. He wouldn't have mentioned for the world that he'd never seen Grier dance before. He'd never seen him smile much either, and annoyed him that he was doing both with Christina Bell. Silly to make such a spectacle of herself in front of the whole town, till we continued. <laughs> Judd looked down at her, Can you do Latin dances? Dear Bernard, what well, has that got to do with anything? He noticed that Christina Bell was standing very close to Grier at the punch bowl. Then he got a look at the older man's face. As he looked down at her bent head, he caused something to explode inside him. Dreyer was a good law enforcement officer. He was steady and calm in the face of danger, and he was afraid of nothing on earth. But he was also a man, <laughs> and Christina Bell was still an innocent. Judd felt protective of her, possessive of her. He didn't want Grier hitting on her. <laughs> Excuse me. He told Tippy and walked over to join Grier and Christina Bell. Aren't you dancing? 
Jared asked him dryly. He was suddenly holding Christina Bell's hand tightly in his big one. Jared's black eyes narrowed. In his one. I thought you had to be in Dallas Monday morning. Early. <laughs> I do. I'm flying out tomorrow afternoon. Jared smiled and he said, Do you have a problem with that? He added very softly and with a visible threat in his eyes. It was a challenge. Judge Eisner, maybe I do. He said in a low, quiet tone that made ranch hands go very still. Christina Bell didn't understand what was going on, but she knew it was explosive. She let go of Dyer's hand, caught Judge by the sleeve. I want to talk to you for a minute, she said firmly, and she started toward the side door that led out into the patio just a waltz filled out to the patio, just as the waltz filled the big room and Harley Fowler led Janie Brewster onto the dance floor. Jed was surprised enough to be the unfamiliar assertiveness to go along. Oblivious to Tippy's black hair as they went outside. The faint light from the low, long window, Christina Bell turned to Jed. What's the matter with you? She asked curtly. We're getting an annulment, Judd. I have every right to go out with cash. I haven't said a word about you and Tippy more, have I? No, she hadn't, and it had irritated him. For years, she'd been possessive about him, teasing him, vamping him, hunt, hitting about her at negligees. Now she was worlds away with Grier, of all the damn men in the world. <laughs> Grier eats kids like you for breakfast, and he said shortly. He's lived in the shadows most of his adult life, working for secret government agencies. How exciting she is. Listen to me, you know. He's killed men. Her arm was out. And your point is? His lips made a thin line. <laughs> and he exhaled shortly. He's not a cuddle pet you can keep inside and feed up. He continued on. He's a renegade. A wild card. He's not housebroken. She lifted both eyebrows. And what makes you think I want to keep a man for a pet? She asked with a pleasant smile. Now that I am 21, I'm free for the first time since I was 16. To date and... Do what I please, she searched his exasperated face with a curious, painful pleasure. I've never been able to experiment before. Experiment before, she said actually with her hands deliberately shaping her full hips. Her lips parted, her eyes come hitterous. The once off word set him off unexpectedly, caught around the waist, dragging her into the shadows and reverted her soft body to his powerful lean one. You damn irritating little flirt. He bit off against her mouth. The shock of the kiss was electrifying. He rarely ever touched her. And if he had, it had been tenderly, with absent affection. The only serious kiss she shared with him had been the first time she went out with Grier. This was something else. He was rough with her, as if he wasn't in control at all. One big, lean hand moved down to the base of her spine as his mouth devoured hers, pushed her into the curve of his body. She felt again that heart instant pressure against her belly, a pressure she felt once before when he was showing her what a pushover she could be with cash. She gasped under his mouth, giving him the opening. He'd wanted his tongue thrust hard and deep past her open lips. He'd never done that before. Soft nails bit into his upper arms as odd throbbing pulses shot through her lower body. She never felt anything like it. She shivered helplessly as a hot tension pulled her muscles tight and made her feel swollen all over. There was nothing tentative either in his kisses or the hold he had on her body. He meant business. She was too hungry for him to hold anything back. She gave him a completely trembling as she met his experienced passion with fierce enthusiasm. He dragged his mouth he dragged his mouth from her finally, looked down at her with narrow, cold eyes and a face that sort of stone. She could barely see him. Her eyes were misty. She felt dazed, shock, dizzy. Her hands let go of his arm and pressed into the white of his cotton shirt, smoothing over it helplessly, fell in his strength. He was off balance, too, and determined not to let it show. Burst away with a faint shove. Stared down at her arrogantly. <laughs> he was almost vibrating with passion, but he kept it 
carefully hidden, except for the wicks where I was supposed not to show on the surface. I'll know you are free to experiment. He told her flatly, his voice deeper than usual, but just uh, just as harsh. I haven't even started proceeding on the annulment yet. You keep that in mind. You experiment with Grier. You're committing adultery. She put her fingertips to her swallowed mouth. Her mind spun crazily. You said you were going to file for an annulment the day I turned 21. I haven't yet, he told her. It never occurred to me that you'd be so hot to shack up with one of my friends, especially not a man of Dyer's age. <laughs> He's only four years older than you are, she accused in a choking tone. If I'm too old for you, he damn sure is. He returned and it was. When the annulment goes through, I'll tell you. Until then, he had in a tone this curious possessive with eyes that ate her since you belong to me the way he said it made her knees weak she hated her inability to think of a snappy reply she couldn't even pretend to be amused her mouth was hot and swollen like her young body she was aching for something she was hungry empty her lips carried the taste of a masculine spicy and minty with an understated of whiskey she could smell his aftershave on her face she was drowning in unfamiliar longings she wanted to step close to him feel his body respond to hers as it had when they kissed she wanted his mouth hard and hungry on her lips again she wanted to feel skin against her own paper he had it when he, her lack of response to the statement made him uncomfortable after the annulment becomes final what you do is no concern of mine Ever again, he turned on his heel and walked back into the hall, leaving Christina Bell standing alone in the darkness with her heart on the stone floor. She only started back, and when she saw Judd going out, out the door with Cash, apparently there was some trouble between Leo Hart and Jamie Fuster as well, because they were going up the same side door that Christina Bell and Judd had just come back in from. She heard later that Janie and Harley Fowler had held the crowd spellbound with an impromptu waltz. Grind Judd came back in, and soon after Judd took Tippy Moore home, she... Argue. She argued from the look of things, but he was determined. Grier wouldn't tell Christina about what was said between the two men, but he was credited when they left the hall at midnight. End of chapter 9.